there, it's Scary Parish. It's Wednesday, November 18th, 2020. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me, and today we are continuing our series of short episodes dedicated to the teams ranked in the top 10 of my top 25 and 1. It's countdown, baby. We've already done 10 through 4, so today we're going to focus on the team I have ranked third this preseason. That team is... The Villanova Wildcats, who returned four double-digit scores from a team that went 24-7 and last season, finished 18th at Kempom. They shared the Big East title with Creighton and Seton Hall. They are expected to repeat as Big East champions again this season. What's to like about Jay Wright's team? What are the concerns? We're going to get into it momentarily, but first, check this out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. So, again, today, the focus is Villanova. I've got the Wildcats third in the top 25 and one, but Deadleg, you have them number one in your 1 to 357 ranking. So, why don't you tell the folks why you love Jay Wright's team so much? Yeah, I'd love to have an opportunity to talk about the best team in college basketball right now. Um, although they do have, how about we reverse this a little bit? We, we usually go with this talking about what we like so much. There is one concern. Uh, it's not a major concern, but I don't think it's necessarily minor. Uh, Brian Antoine hurt his right shoulder again last week. It's the same one that he needed surgery on uh, more than a year ago. And Jay Wright was quoted as saying, it doesn't look like he's going to get back real quick. So hopefully this is something that Antoine's going to be able to come back from this season and wind up being a, a factor? Because I actually thought that Antoine was set up to be like the best six-man in the conference and maybe the best six-man in college basketball. But he's now on the shelf there, which is a little bit, I mean, it's a little bit of a ding. I mean, it, it could actually be enough to uh, to persuade me to, to rethink having Villanova as the number one team in the country heading into the season because I do think that he is a, a really nice player and will eventually grow into someone that could be a draft pick down the road. But beyond that... There's just a ton returning here. Uh, we have mentioned Villanova in some recent podcasts. This is uh, certainly a team capable of, of keeping up the uh, the pattern of V-National champions. We went with Virginia on uh, 
Tuesday's podcast, and obviously they won recently, and Villanova's won two in the past uh, four seasons as well. So beyond the Antoine news, there's a lot of good here. What do you like so much about Villanova, and why were you not – I know the margins are thin, Parrish, but uh, what was it about this team that made you say, you know what, I'm going to cap them at three instead of putting them at two or even one heading into the season? I, I think I've been pretty consistent on this. I, I think you could take Villanova, Baylor, Gonzaga, and maybe even Virginia – and put them in any order. I like. I I don't feel strongly about it. I, you know. I just. I had Gonzaga number one from the jump. I think we're version twenty eight point zero of the top twenty five and one at this point. And Gonzaga has been number one every single time. The only time I considered dropping Gonzaga was when Philip Petrushev signed an overseas contract, made it clear he's not coming back. But even then, when I looked at the roster combined with the things you hear out of Spokane about Drew Timmy. I just said, I still think that's on paper the best team in the country. But listen, I completely understand why somebody else would argue Baylor. And I completely understand why somebody else would argue Villanova. I've honestly enjoyed doing these previews on these team-specific previews because it's almost like a homework assignment. Like I read everything there is to read about these teams. And it actually helps me uh, better understand (laughs) exactly what I'm talking about. Like I, I I really do think it's, 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 it's beneficial. Um, And hopefully for listeners as well. But I say all that to say this, when you start going through the, the, the very specifics with Villanova, what it's returning, what it's adding. Yes, the Brian Antoine news is not great, and you just feel sick for him. I mean, that's a former five-star prospect. Now, he barely played last season. I think he 16 games, and in those 16 games, it was 5.4 minutes per game. So he was a non-factor, but Two years ago, he was a five-star prospect in high school, and you 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 hate to see his college career get off to this kind of start. So that's not great. But even with that not great news, man, they're loaded. They are super talented, super experienced, accomplished, future Hall of Fame coach, wonderful style of play, incredible culture. I, I like this team a lot. Yeah, and Villanova's got the wonderful problem of having two players that are considered uh, almost equally capable of winding up as the as the player of the year in the Big East. To be clear, Marcus Zagorowski did win that in the preseason, and he might wind up winning it in general. But Colin Gillespie, who runs the point, and then Jeremiah Robinson Earl, a sophomore power forward, uh, is expected to have a wonderful season ahead. Um, I will be intrigued to see if either of those guys kind of take the lead or... I mean, the reason why I still love Villanova as the best team in America is everyone that returns. Okay, so you got those two guys that are back. Justin Moore was a, had a wonderful freshman season and certainly should be as important to Villanova's consistency and trying to remain in the top 10 as as maybe any other player on the roster. He shot 40% from three-point range last season on 154 attempts. Jay Wright trusted him plenty, and he could be the next Sadiq Bey on this roster, and that Sadiq Bey was a two-and-through. Continued to ascend as a sophomore after a really good, strong freshman season. Justin Moore's not, uh, he's he's not as big as Bey. Bey is obviously a, a clear, lengthy wing, whereas Justin Moore... Is a is six four kind of a combo guard type there, but but plenty athletic, really strong. He's back in the mix, and then I want to see how we get Jermaine Samuels, Demir Cosby, Roundtree. How these two seniors 
grow into their roles as seniors. A common theme with almost all Jay Wright's teams is that he's benefited in that he's brought in some talented players, and Jermaine Samuel was a fairly well-regarded recruit. There's no doubt about it, but... Um, his teams have had a lot of success in that by the time some of these guys turn 20, 21, even, you know, 22 in the midst of their senior season, something just finally clicks and it just makes Villanova that much more formidable. And I think that Samuels and Cosby Roundtree are set up to do that. Uh, the one other player I'll mention here that deserves mentioning is just Cole Swider, who's now a junior. He was, I remember two... Big East assistant coaches telling me before Swider started his freshman season that they thought he was going to be the most valuable player in that class that he was in, and that was Sadiq Place class. That hasn't been the case. Uh, he shot 35% from three last season, and will he also be able to step up? I mean, as, at a certain point, you have only so many minutes, and and I've mentioned a lot of guys that I think will be impact players, but this goes to why I think Villanova is just so damn good. Like, all of these dudes are really, really good, and all of them are worthy of 20 to 25 to 30 minutes a game. How that shakes out remains to be seen, but if it's not clear enough, although I do think Creighton's a, a worthy challenger, I just I think there's a level separating the Blue Jays and the, and the Wildcats this season. I'll bounce through some of those players. Jermaine Samuels... Um, you know, averaged 10.7 points per game last season. And Jay has said that he could envision him having an Eric Paschal-type season as a senior. If you get that out of him, that's great stuff. That's how you compete for what would be Jay's third national championship. His three-point percentage dipped last season down to 28%, and he only made 21% of his three-point attempts in Big East games. So he's a better shooter than that, needs to be better than that. But uh, I'm with you. The great Villanova teams typically have somebody who's a senior who contributes at a high level. He could clearly be that guy along with Colin Gillespie, who, you know, Averaged 15 points per game last season, led the team in assists, steals, free throws attempted, and free throw percentage. His shooting percentages were 41% from the field, 36 from three, 82 from the free throw line. He gets there a lot, makes better than 80% of them. That's obviously great for a primary ball handler. Has gone from somebody who averaged 14 minutes a game as a freshman to a preseason All-American as a senior and appears to be like next in that long list of great upperclassmen Villanova guards, Randy Foy, Arch, Jalen Brunson. He's terrific. Um, uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Mm -hmm. former five-star prospect, class of 2019, averaged 11 and nine last season. He was the Big East freshman of the year. Good defensively, great rebounder. He grabbed the second most rebounds by a freshman in Villanova history last season. And that was in an abbreviated season cut short just before uh, the big East tournament. Now he did lead the team in turnovers. I think he had 68. That's not great, but just a terrific front court presence. And then somebody we haven't mentioned, and I'm not exactly sure what kind of role they'll have on this team, but Caleb Daniels is a transfer from Tulane who averaged 16.9 points, 5.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists two seasons ago, shot 36% from three in his two years of college so far. I'm never quite sure what to make of guys like him. Like, is he a, is he a high-level college player who's going to be a, a impactful at Villanova? Or is he just somebody that had numbers on a bad team in the American Athletic Conference? We'll see, but you know, that's another experienced and accomplished college basketball player productive college basketball player that Jay Wright's got at his uh, disposal. 
Yeah, I'll be. I I don't know what to expect. A couple of seasons ago, uh, there was a little bit of buzz about Joe Cremo, who came from Albany, and he just wound up not being the kind of you know impact transfer that I think anyone thought he would be. And it was fine, like you know, he, he gave it a go, and it didn't quite uh, didn't quite work out. Villanova historically has not relied on players to transfer in and be impact players. If you go and really look at Jay Wright's history, he's taken a transfer here and there, but they typically aren't uh, significant players. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the, uh, what can happen there. Villanova last season ranked 15th in offensive efficiency, 36th in defensive efficiency. I expect the offense to be top 10 this season, and I expect the defense probably to creep near top 25 status overall. Uh, should mention, we are recording this on Wednesday, November 18th. The season starts in one week. We are one week away from the start of the college hoop season, people. That's a reason to celebrate, and I hope to see Villanova in person one week from today when they are scheduled to play Boston College at the Mohegan Sun. And then uh, if they win whatever, if they win that game, as they're expected to do, they'll play the winner of Baylor versus Arizona State. So again, um, I think that the organizers uh, dropped the ball uh, in not having Villanova play Baylor to start the season, but they want to try and set it up so that Villanova obviously should beat Boston College. And then if Baylor can get his job done against Arizona State, which is no oh, guarantee. Let, let, let me tell you how that goes. Arizona State upsets them. It's ha- it's funny because it's happened before. I know, and even if we get Nova versus Arizona State, by the way, that's also a really fun game. That is that's a tremendous game. I would love to see it. Remy Martin trying to go to town and upset Villanova would be great, and uh, that would certainly be wonderful. But yes, that is uh, this is the Legends Classic, and it's it's happened before where there have been highly ranked teams in these tournaments, and the the games aren't predetermined, and then the higher ranked team, one of them screws it up and, and loses. So. For college basketball, it would be better. And I'm sure, listen, I'm sure there were things taken into account like, you know, TV and wanting to set up for that game after two days later or whatever. I, I get all that. But it, it would have been great for college hoops if you had Nova versus Baylor, two of the top three teams facing off literally on the first day of the season. It would have been a great way to kick it off. But I digress, and hopefully we're going to get that regardless if both of those teams can wind up winning. As for Villanova and any other lingering thoughts there, um, remember, like, remember, it's been just a weird offseason, but do you remember when there was that brief curiosity? I think we did a podcast on it. If not, we did a segment. Like, I had forgotten about it until, uh, seriously, 15 minutes before we did this pod, GP, where people were like, well, is this going to be the time when Jay Wright actually goes to the NBA because the 76ers have a job opening? Like, that was this offseason. In some ways, it feels like four years ago, but that was this offseason. I've always maintained that I just don't see, at this point, I think Jay Wright has made up his mind. He is not going to the NBA. And really, this if he was going to do it, the 76ers job I would be the spot to go to. It didn't happen. And when we talk about what we are on this podcast and this roster, I think this is why. Because although, yeah, he has a couple of national championships and is uh, you know a Hall of Fame-level coach at this point, if you can win a third, then you are truly in rarefied air. I mean, two is rare, don't get me wrong, but three is just, you know, you can count it on one hand, basically. The guys have been able to win three national championships and do it at a single school. So uh, chasing that with such a good roster and you know, writes on scholarship for the rest of his career. You know, he, he can do no wrong and he loves coaching this program. And, and yet again, he's got Villanova operating in terms of a modern blue blood as he should be. This is a top 10 program in America right now. It has been for a few years and it shows zero signs of slowing down. 
Um, I want to be clear. I'm not predicting Arizona State will upset Baylor. I'm just saying I could certainly see it wouldn't even be that crazy if Arizona State upset Baylor and um, removed the possibility of Baylor Villanova. I'll let tournament organizers organize however they want, but I want to. I would have wanted to ma- ensure we get Baylor Villanova, and I would have had them playing um, against each other on opening night especially when we realize we're not going to have the Champions Classic on opening night. Like, you had an opportunity to put two preseason top five teams against each other to start the whole thing and opted against it for whatever reason. Not the biggest deal in the world, but um, I I would have liked it to have been the other way. You mentioned Villanova top 15 in offensive efficiency last season. They've been top 20 in offensive efficiency each of the past six seasons. So they are reliably and consistently good on that end of the great on that end of the court. Um, and yes, it's one of the best programs in America rocking and rolling right now um, without exception. They have won at least a share of six of the past seven Big East titles. They have won three straight Big East tournament titles last season. It was a little bumpy for a little while, but then they got going. They went seven and one in their final eight games, and they were one of only three teams to beat Kansas last season. Trivia time: Who were the other teams that beat Kansas last season besides Villanova? Um, do they, they do they split? Did they split with Baylor? They did. Okay, and then okay, so we, uh, in conference or out of conference? Out of conference, and you were there. So Kansas lost on the first night of the season in the champions? Yep, to Duke. To Duke, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Remember, they turned the ball over like 28 That's right, that's times. what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> Something yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> like, I remember we were talking after that, and I was like, if you're Kansas, you hate to lose, but, like, you kind of feel good that you just basically paid Duke to the final seconds, turning the ball over 30 times? like that. Yeah. And you, you look up, and Kansas was the best team in the country last season, would have been the number one overall seed in the tournament. As for Jay having an opportunity to add a third national title. You you can't count on one hand how many coaches have done it unless you have six fingers. But but if you have six fingers, you can do it. And the six are, we've been through this, John Wood, Mike Krzyzewski, Adolph Rupp, Roy Williams, Jim Calhoun, and Bob Knight. And Jay can become the seventh coach in Division One men's basketball history to join that club. And he's got a real chance. And if he does it, he would – he would have done it in an incredibly short period of time. It would be three of the past five NCAA tournaments won by Villanova. It goes 2016 Villanova, 2017 North Carolina, then 2018 Villanova, then 2019 Virginia, 2020 no tournament. This would be the fifth tournament since Villanova won that first one. If Villanova were to win it, three and five tournament span. And it is uncommon for a team to lose its best player and not really add a high-profile recruiting class or recruit and get better, good enough to win a national title. Like, that doesn't – it's not usually the recipe for this stuff, but it does happen, and it happened just a few years ago with North Carolina. They lose uh, their top scorer, Bryce Johnson, and their third-leading scorer, Marcus Page, from that 2016 team. And they come back and win the title the next season in 2017, even though they didn't have a single newcomer who averaged more than 7.1 points per game. So it can be done if your returning players make a real jump. And so that's the hope here is that some of these returning players make a real jump. And I think the guy 
like, like Colin Gillespie doesn't need to make a jump. He needs to be better, but he's already awesome. And uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl doesn't need to make a jump. I mean, he, need, he needs to be better, but like he's already awesome. The guy who could make the jump, you already touched on this, Justin Moore. He averaged 11.3 points per game, made the all-freshman team last season, shot 40% from three. Started early, then came off the bench, and then he started the final 10 games, and he averaged 15 points per game in Villanova's final six games. So if he is the guy that he was in those final six games throughout the season, combined with Gillespie, combined with Robinson Earl, it it should surprise nobody if Jay Wright is cutting nets, winning a national championship for the third time in his career. Yeah, this is my last thing. I'm glad you circled because I was going to close on more. So wonderful unspoken synergy there. Um, if you tell me that Moore is going to be that kind of player and Gillespie and Robinson Earl are going to play at the level we expect them, then forget about it. Like if, if Villanova has those three operating on a level where they those the rest of the team is playing to relative expectation, the guys are fitting into their roles, but Gillespie, Robinson, Earl, and Moore are basically responsible through points and assists for close to 50 points a night, then it's a wrap. This is There's not going to be a close second. I, I just think that Villanova is going to be a dominant team. And what will be a good Big East? We did our Big East preview. If you want to go back, go back and check that out. There's still plenty of time. Again, one week to the start of the season. If you haven't checked out any of the preview podcasts, we've got you completely covered here. But Villanova's just a tier above, and Moore is going to have that opportunity. I, I do I do like his chances. As I've mentioned before, um, Kyle Boone and I not Kyle Porter, but Kyle Boone and I do the Frosh Watch where we track, you know, statistically the best freshman in America every season. Moore did not finish in our top 10 last season, but he was always in our voting pool. So he was always floating between, say, 12, 14, 16 overall. So he didn't quite crack that this season. We don't do a soft watch, if you will. But if we did, he would easily be among the top 10 sophomores in America, in my estimation. And I think that he will become one of the guys that I think we'll be talking about frequently on this podcast when we discuss Villanova, because he's going to wind up being critical to them, again, maintaining their status in the top 10 from November, November all the way into March. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry, MF, and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Lauren now. And thank you guys once again for listening to the Ion College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the most idiotic pandemic I've ever lived through in my entire life. If you enjoy the podcast, please tell one person about it. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. And either way, we're going to talk to you again real soon. And by real soon, I mean on Thursday when we will continue our series of short episodes dedicated to the teams ranked in the top 10 of my top 25 and one. We'll be up to number two. And number two is Scott Drew's Baylor Bears. So we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Till then, take care. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 